Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Gian. Chad, before we introduce today's guest, we want to go back a week ago um, where we prayed for Jim Good's headmaster at his high school. And we gave you a little update that she was getting treatment and she was going to get checked out by the doctors. And we have a huge praise and a huge answer to prayer. Jim reached out to me last week, Chad, and told me that his headmaster is indeed cancer-free, which is incredible news. That is awesome. That is awesome. And we, uh, you know, we love just ending our time with each guest in prayer. And, uh, you know, for everybody listening, we just invite you at the end there to just have a a posture of prayer with us and just remember our, our guests and these prayer requests to, to continue to pray for them. Yeah, it's uh, our God is a, is an answer, a prayer answering God, you know, um, and he and he loves us and, and he wants to see us um, succeed and be healthy if it's in within his will. So that's an incredible, incredible praise there, Chad. But now focusing on this week, our guest is Kelly Findley. Chad, this guy has overhauled Liberty's soccer program. Um, here in Lynchburg. He's come in maybe about three years ago and and he came from an ACC school where he was a head coach there, um, came to Liberty and has taken Liberty already to new heights. And we talk about him um, leading the team to beat UNC um, this past spring. Um, But what were some of the things that stood out to you? Yeah, really, really great interview. I loved it. And uh, I think just he really hones in on being a, a user or a developer of of your players and i think that was very convicting and and then just for any assistant coaches or gas listening in he really gives great advice on what you can be doing to prepare for that next step in your coaching journey but um we're so excited for kelly and and his coaching and this interview so let's just get into this right now coach finley thank you so much for coming on the christian coach podcast such an honor seen you uh, develop a great soccer program here at Liberty the last few years. Um, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach? Uh, basically, it means, well, well first I'd say, uh, well, first I want to say thanks for letting me come on. Um, love Liberty. Uh, really excited to encourage, uh, empower, um, and, and hopefully be an example for other young Christian coaches. Um, what it means to me is, first, I, I want to use um, being a believer as a filter for everything I do. So whether I'm coaching or leading my family or mowing my yard, you know, I, I want it, I, or looking at my house, I want it to be uh, in a way that glorifies God. So I think you're, you're after trying to uh, glorify God with your actions daily, knowing that you're going to make mistakes. Um, and then I think love your players in, in a different way, um, you know, uh, making sure that you're not just using them, make sure that you're developing them, investing in them. And so I think if, if you're really trying to love them, you want them to be better um, than the day they got here and you're trying to love them, but also forgive them. And so I think that's a, that's a key to being a Christian coach is, you know, biblical worldview and everything you do, and then love your players in a way that encourages, empowers, shows mercy and grace regularly, just like we get mercy and grace. Yeah. In your experience, um, how can coaches avoid the pitfall of having a transactional relationship with their players and instead of having a transformational relationship? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, first I think you just go in with that philosophy You know, you have to be careful of, um, I, I, I love this, this term. I got this on a coaching course I was able to do that. You know, a lot of coaches are users of players. Um, so you have to decide whether you're a developer of players and people or a user 
Um, just like that, just like you're saying, you have to decide whether you want to be a transactional coach or a transformational coach. Um, one thing that's helped me a lot is my son plays for me. And, you know, I, I like to say that I always thought and saw the players as my own children, but that's not true. Looking back, I definitely didn't use that, especially at other places I've been where I, I had to win. Um, and so now I realize that and it's so much more fulfilling, uh, enjoyable, encouraging, you know, that expectation that they're going to make mistakes and I still care for them as who they are. Um, so I think the biggest pitfall is just looking at wins and losses and determining, is that what I am as a coach? Uh, so the way to, you know, kind of avoid that pitfall is make sure like, are you loving every person the same, regardless of what they do for you on the field? Do you care about them the same? Do you speak to them the same? And in some ways, do you actually care for the guys who are, um, do better off the field in some ways than the guys who do on the field, you know, and honestly, there's a few guys on my team that probably never play a minute, but like, I know they're going to go on to be the most successful guys. And, and so for me, that that's a big part of avoiding that pitfall is do you see them all as you would hopefully see your own kids. And then also, um, do you really care about what they do for you on the field? Do you care about them as people? Yeah. How, how is this dynamic of having your own son on your team? Um, being at Liberty, I know that well, he's one of your better players. This is my unbiased opinion. You can give him your biased opinion, but um, he, he is one of the better players on the team. Um, but how, how is that dynamic? Um, <clears throat> well, first, it's a, it's a complete blessing. I, I never thought it would happen. You know, people asked me when he was growing up, do you think he'll ever play for you? And I, I always said, no chance, you know, no chance. I say the same thing about being my, my kid's tennis coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Because uh, you, you think, oh, all, all that can do is go sideways or backwards or wrong, you know what I mean? Um, but I'll tell you that the way it all worked out was was amazing. You know, we had, we had moved because of job changes and coaching, um, and then we ended up at, at one place and he was getting recruited, and then we he changed teams and people lost sight of him, and then I got the Liberty job, and he came to me and said, you know, Dad, I think I'd like to go to Liberty if, if it was, you know, an option. And I said, well, that'd be great, you know. And he came and visited and was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I, I 100%, you know, I, I have a good friend that always says there's no surprises to God. And I am 100% convinced that, you know, he, he's here because of that. Uh, so I'll tell you the dynamic's easy. Uh, he, he's a good kid. He's a coach's son um it helps that he's a good player of course um, but it's not without challenge you know I, I gotta yell at him sometimes in training you know um but the blessings definitely outweigh the challenges to have him in town i get to see him all the time if he wasn't here i'd never see him yeah. you know as a college soccer player imagine i'd never see him play likely he'd be out of town now he comes home for dinner on sunday night so my wife is happy you know and that's important uh, of course as you know <laughs> Um, so it's just been a blessing. And my daughter is actually coming to play, uh, for Lang this year and she starts in the fall. Um, so super, super excited. I just feel like God has blessed us with the opportunity to keep our family close and give them both great opportunities here and growing their faith. I mean, listen, you, you go to another school, it's great to play college soccer at a high level, but the challenges at other schools and I've worked in those environments is, is pretty great, man. You're getting bombarded daily with like, you know, sexual things like alcohol, drugs, like just worldly stuff that, and, and that's, you get that anyway. Um, so to not have that, you know, really powerful influence daily here at Liberty, and not only that, but get encouraged to work, grow in your faith, it's huge. 
Yeah. Yeah. And now Liberty is at a place, you know, coming out of the most successful year in athletics um, where now we are at an elite level and yet we don't have those, um, those temptations of the world, you know, it's still Liberty is not perfect, but definitely a lot, a lot less than, uh, than, than, you know, public schools and those big name schools that we see on TV all the time. hundred percent. Um, let's go back to, um, a young Kelly. Um, what was his life like growing up? How did he got into soccer and how, how did you grow in your faith now leading up to being the head coach at Liberty? Well, I, uh, I did not grow up in a church, um, you know, come from a divorced family. So mom's been married three or four times and a lot of different things like that kind of influencing my life, but had really good people in it, um, was adopted by uh, who I call my dad at about two. So I think that was huge for me. So always, always felt cared for, uh, um, really good teaching as a, um, how to work hard and, and really good morals and those things. But Never went to church, was never in my concept. I mean, I cursed like a sailor. I mean, you know, you name it. I was exactly opposite of what you would think like a believer was. Um, and then for some reason, my mom required me to go to this church camp between my sophomore and junior year. And, and I heard the gospel for the first time ever. Um, I was definitely broken, but didn't know how to live my life out. Um, was struggling with like being sin free every day and couldn't really quite get, grasp that concept. And then I also could not give up my dream to be a professional player. I mean, a hundred percent soccer was my God. Um, you know, if I, if I played well, life was good. If I played bad, it wasn't good. I always tell a story that like, you know, if there was a magic pill that I could take for five years to make me, you know, the best player I ever met, um, I would take it. Even if I was going to die after that five years, I would still have taken that pill when I was younger just to seek glory in that, you know, area of my life. Um, Anyway, ended up going to a Christian college, didn't have any money growing up, um, got recruited by a coach. Um, he just shared the gospel with us every day. I heard it after two years being there. Um, I gave my life to the Lord. And where was this? Uh, Judson College. Okay. Uh, a guy named Steve Burke. So cool story. Steve is in Uganda right now um, as a missionary. So he retired and then went to the mission field. Uh, so him and his wife are teachers. Uh, he coaches soccer and teaches and his wife works with the girls ministry there. So just a cool story. So here's yeah. this guy who brought in a, you know, I did not fit at that school in any way. And he took a total risk on me. Um, why did aunt, you, end up, why did you choose to go there? Basically I wanted to get out of Texas and get, a, get away from home. Um, he recruited me really heavily. I had a couple friends who had gone there hmm. and it just fit. And like I said, I didn't have any money. I was very small coming out of, of high school back in you know, I graduated high school in, in 1988 wasn't much recruiting wasn't a whole lot going on there was two schools in texas that had college soccer mm. and i just wanted to do something different judson's just outside chicago um and and again i honestly i think god totally made it happen i mean i had no business being there you know i mean um i arrived on campus with beer in my bag you know like not not no clue because you know you had a party the night before you don't want to leave beer out you got to take it with you right <laughs> Um, so it was just completely different. And I just had guys loving me and accepting me for who I was and came to faith and was able to play, uh, for the Charlotte Eagles, which is the USL team got to play six years. Cool thing. Like early, I couldn't give up my dream to play college so or play professional soccer. Lo and behold, the team I played for was owned by a ministry. Um, our focus was to use the platform of soccer as 
um, a ministry. And so I became a sports minister and got to play soccer at a high level. So coaching all these camps and share my testimony and saw all kinds of people come to faith. I've been to, you know, 10 different countries, um, you know, and then just kind of kept going on the coaching path, ended up, um, this is the first Christian school I've ever worked at Liberty, um, was always felt like I was called to be a Christian coach with biblical principles in a secular environment and was always good with that. No problem. And then God opened this door for me to be at Liberty and, it's just been a huge blessing because it's nice to be able to say, you know, like you should love your neighbors yourself because it says it here in the Bible. You know, uh, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, not try to be a better person. So I've really enjoyed that aspect of being able to pray with my team, go all the way um, and really talk about God in their life. And that's how they grow. So that's a little bit of a, a long, quick yeah. story of my life. Um Obviously, you you had to, even when you you were not a Christian and you're seeking glory for yourself, um, you had to pursue excellence, right? You don't achieve anything unless you're excellent at it. Um, What is the importance of pursuing excellence as now a Christian coach and leader so that we can impact others? Yeah, I mean, I I think as an athlete, you're pulled towards that daily anyway. You know, you have to be trying to be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Can I improve? You know, so many studies talk about you know, 10,000 hours and, and all those things and like how to get to expertise in what you do. And so, you know, for me as an athlete, you're, you're probably doing that a lot anyway, if you're any good, you know, there's a lot of average people out there and that's okay. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people who play sports for fun and that's, that's a good thing. Yeah. That's never been me. Um, you know, unfortunately, I wish I was could just go enjoy it. But if I'm, you know, I definitely hate to lose more than I like winning. If that makes sense. Yep. It does. Uh, and, and so, you know, that was always my personality. So I was always the kid in the backyard juggling. You know, I could do a thousand juggles when I was 11 years old. You know, I was that kid who was always out training on my own. We'd be driving by and I'd see a wall and I think, well, that's a good wall to kick on. You know? um, my mom would always laugh. Like when I was seven years old, I had her drop me off a mile and a half, mile and a half away from home so I could run home. So I, that's always been kind of my personality. Um, but now that I'm, when I became a believer, it definitely changed because I realized that I wanted to have a, a, a the purpose in my life was to glorify God with my excellence, not me, you know, and that was really freeing because in the end, one, I knew I was forgiven Two, I knew if I didn't reach the goal I, I wanted to hit, I was still pursuing it. And that, that helped a lot because when you're pursuing excellence for yourself, it's all about the result. If you don't get the result you want, you know, you don't get that trophy, you don't get that contract or the scholarship or make that team, then, you know, it's this massive pitfall after that, you know, line, so to speak. Um, But I I do think once you become a believer and you say, I represent Jesus, like this is my life, this is my worldview. If you're not pursuing excellence, you're you're just, you're not doing the right thing. I mean, I, I think now I feel way more responsibility being a Liberty coach than I did anywhere else. I always felt that because I knew I was representing Jesus, representing Jesus and everybody knew that's who I was. But now that I'm here, I think if I'm not pursuing excellence, man, what what am I doing? Yeah. Cause now the, the, you know, the, the person inside the Jersey was representing Jesus. Now the Jersey is, is representing Jesus as well. And so that puts a lot of pressure. One of the ways I used to struggle with uh, road rage. um, And one of the ways I found was, to put on my uh, license plate, 
the buy the Liberty license plate and put women's tennis as my license plate number, you know? And now I'm always so conscious of like, I can't have road rage. I can't cut this person off because she's going to see, or he's going to see my license plate, you know? Um, and that, that has helped me tremendously. <laughs> oh, for sure. You're great to have accountability hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Um, I, we had a moment, it might've been your first year here at Liberty. Um, was it 2019 your first year at Liberty? Yeah. We are um, having lunch before a football game and you had just come off a, a close loss to, to, to a program and it may be later in the season and, and you're just lamenting. It's like, we're so close. We're so close. We're right there, you know? And, and I just can't, can't wait to get over that hump and, and I remember saying, Hey, you're building a program. Like it's going to take, it's going to take a little while. It's going to take a little patience. Um, and just from my experience here at Liberty, just building a program. Um, and now this come this past season, you guys were able to beat North Carolina, you know? Um, and I'm sure, and I sent you a text right afterwards. And um, I was so happy for you to, to see, you know, that, that hump being overcome, um, what, what is the role of, and, and how important is it being patient when we're building a, a strong culture and a strong foundation and not so much focus on the results? Yeah. One, it's, it's super hard to do because whether we like it or not, I mean, one of our, one of our core values is winning mentality, but really we talk about pursuing excellence all the time, but you're in sports. So you're trying to win, right? Yeah. I mean, you can we have, we have to actually win match games and matches. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's not just like, Hey, let's try hard and let's go. Like the, the point of it is, and, and I'm convinced this too, like, you know, if, if we can have better results or have strong results or be a good program of Liberty, people want to know what's going on there. You know, people want to know what are they doing? Like what, what makes that place special? If you go out and you, you play at a level that makes everybody think something, something's different about that group. Like, what is it? Um, you know, I, I think that is that is ultimately what you're after, and and you hope that results come, and they will if you're doing you know the process right. But yeah, the, it's super hard to be patient. I think um, it's you're gonna doubt yourself, but I think that's where it comes back to like why am I doing this? You know, who do we want to be? Um, one thing that helps a lot is having a very clear um, idea of what you want your team to look like, um, and and in in the game of soccer, you know, we call it a model of play. And so I think understanding the end game and that the current results may not reflect where you're after, but you're striving towards that. And if you know you're trying to get there and you're focused on like how we play, um, the transfer of information and knowledge to your players, their pursuit of that, the constant focus on that part, that really does help take away the results. Doesn't mean that you're not going to wake up at 5 a.m. the next morning going, I can't believe we lost that game, but it does make you think like, okay, what did we do well yesterday and what do we need to keep doing? Because it's more of this long-term focus of we're trying to get to this like great performance level and we need to do these things to get there. Cause I think that does take away, you know, the results uh, much more. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. Um, my, my last question um, is how important is it to have a Brazilian assistant coach on a soccer team? <laughs> this is an unbiased, unbiased question whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely unbiased, one hundred percent unbiased question. Um, actually, Douglas has been tremendous. I mean, you know, and and again, you know, there's no surprise that God guys end up places. So Douglas, 
I got a call from a friend of mine. Hey, I've got a former player coming to Liberty to start his um, sport performance exercise science master's degree. He just wants to get involved with the program and help you guys if you can. Okay. Comes in, you know, great guy. Um, this will make you laugh. They said he's actually more like a German than Brazilian because Douglas is like super on time and like really, really organized. So don't take that personal. No, um, hey, I, I'm just like that. My mom was, we're not German whatsoever, but my mom um, loved Germany and lived in Germany when she was younger. Um, actually lived in Germany when I was eight years old. She just left for six months and came back. And so she trained me to be more like a German than a Brazilian. <laughs> well, that's how Douglas is. I mean, he's on it, super on time and did a great job, like details and super great work ethic. And, and so he did really well. And then we added him on as a manager. And so he helped like monitor some of our heart rate stuff and did a brilliant job. And then um, both of our coaches went on to do the assistant coaches went on to do great things. I mean, uh, Jose Gomez is the head coach at Charleston Southern. Uh, AJ uh, is working at Rio Grande in the professional game. Um, so Douglas had this opportunity. COVID came and, and we just, you know, like, let's try him out. And he did brilliant. He really did. Um, and you were saying it earlier, like what's really important too, as a, as a coach is to have one coaches that balance out your strengths. Um, yep. But at school, like Liberty, like there's plenty of great Christian people out there that are very successful, very excellent at what they do. And, and again, no surprise to God, Douglas did brilliant. Um, we kept him on through, you know, the COVID fall. He did really well in the, you know, COVID spring season. And now he's a permanent assistant coach here and done tremendous. And so yeah. whether he's Brazilian or not, Douglas has been great. <laughs> How... Um... Just a follow up with that, you know, I, I was a GA as well. I was a GA that came and just thought I was going to be here for a year and then move on and do other things. And I stay stick, you know, stuck around. But how can you encourage and we have a lot of GAs that listen to this podcast as well. How, how can you encourage them to continue to do a good job so that maybe it opens up windows instead of just being, oh, I'm just a GA and, you know, I'm I'm not a full time assistant. I don't value nobody values me. I'm not important. My work's not important. Yeah, that's a good question. Not, not to be cliche, but, you know, Colossians 3.23, I love that verse. Like, I, I'll never forget that when I was growing up and kind of, you know, growing in my faith and trying to figure out, you know, what does it look like to be a believer? And honestly, like, just don't leave any stone unturned. Like, there's, there's no task too small. There's no reason that everything you do isn't excellent. And I'll give you an example. Like, we, we got done with, you know, 10 days of camp, like, hot, like, tired, and it would have been really easy just to leave the goals out on the field and be like, ah, it's okay. But I didn't want to do that because I feel like if we're going to be excellent, we're going to treat our grounds guys excellently and we're going to do well for them. Then, you know, we move the goal. So I'm out there as the head coach dragging little goals around after like 10 days of camp. So like no task is too small, do everything with excellence and do everything. Like I'm not looking to get a GA position or, you know, impress the head coach, I'm glorifying God with my daily actions, yeah. you know, and if you do that, like, yeah, you've got to be excellent. And, and the last thing I'd say too, is you never know who's watching, you know, you yeah. never know who's looking and which coach is going to be like, Hey, I know this guy and they have a spot and you did so well here. I want to pursue an opportunity for you. And so, yeah. um, you know, and then if you're faithful too, I, I think, you know, just wait for God to open those doors. You know, we can try super hard on our own sometimes and think we're doing really well and God closes doors and that's okay. Yep. That's okay. You, know, you just have to wait for that door to 
to open. One of my favorite stories, and I, I won't, and then I'll stop talking here, but <laughs> uh, I had just lost a job. I had taken my new wife to uh, Miami of Ohio. And uh, after about six months, they dropped men's soccer, men's wrestling, men's golf, and tennis all in the same day. And I called a friend of mine up and I'm like, I just don't know what God's will is. I feel like I'm supposed to be a college coach. He's taking me here. I don't really know what's going on. I'm, you know, it's, it's pretty tough. He said, listen, God's will is not like you are going to your dad and he's got two hands behind his back and one piece of candy in one. And you have to choose. And if you get it wrong, oh no, everything's terrible. You lose. It's not like that. God just wants you to pursue. He wants you to play the game. Whether you choose the right hand or not, that's not the point. You're seeking God's will for your life. And so that would be my encouragement. Like you're going to come down to choices, just seek him. It doesn't mean that you're going to choose the right one or the wrong one. It's just pursuing him and being open to what he has in your life. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, share with us a little bit of what's coming up here for you in the next few months. Um, looks like you have some exciting opportunities coming up here in this winter. Yeah, we're, um, we're going to have a coaches symposium and, and uh, I'm excited about that. I think, you know, one of the things we talked about a little bit is, is being a sports minister before we, we got on the, on the podcast here. And, you know, for me, I've been able to do sports ministry in, in like 10 different countries. And I think the platform of sports is an amazing one. Um, you know, we always joked around that like, if you go to a foreign country and you have a Bible, everybody runs from you. But if you have a football, everybody runs to you. Um, and, and so I think um, we're excited to do this coaches symposium and bring coaches in. It will be soccer based. So we'll, we're hoping to have some big names, uh, Christian coaches come in, do some field sessions, some lectures, talk about how to apply your faith in a secular environment or maybe a Christian environment and how to encourage and, and basically create a, um, create a culture that allows people to find opportunities to seek the Lord. You know, whether, again, like you're in a secular environment or a Christian environment. So excited about that. You know, we have great facilities here, as you know. So it'll be it'll be in an indoor environment, um, mic'd up, really good coaches. Um, and then there's going to be fellowship, too, because you might be able to increase your circle and, and get to know some guys at other Christian schools. Or, you know, you might find a guy right down the road. You realize, oh, I had no idea that you're a believer. Yeah. And now it's just a different uh, different perspective on the relationship you have against another coach. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. How, how can we be praying for you? Um, you know, you said it earlier, just regardless of how, how I come off sounding, we all look at results, right? I mean, it's just the way it is. Like, so, so really deep down being focused on how much do I care for my players? Am I really a developer or a user? Am I transformational, not transactional? Um, and not looking at the scoreboard, you know, honestly, that that's the biggest one is really focusing on okay, where's our program? What kind of people am I create or I'm helping to, you know, develop here um, instead of like, oh, we won the ASUN championship. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's pray. We can also pray for that too because I love to win the championship. All right. <laughs> Father, thank you for this conversation with Coach Finley. Thank you for his faithfulness throughout his career in seeking you first, Lord. Um, Lord, I pray that um, if it's your will, Father, that in the coming years he will win an ASUN championship, Father, that, but that he will not be solely focused on that, that he'll focus on being a developer, being a, a transformational coach, not a transactional coach or a user of players, Father. Lord, I pray that our, our hearts will be checked every day by you and by the Holy Spirit so that we are doing things with a pure heart, doing things with pure motives 
and motives that, that edify you and, and build up your kingdom here on earth. Thank you again for Coach Finley's uh, ministry um, with, the, with the men's soccer here at Liberty and uh, keep giving him opportunities to, to speak your truth into people's lives. Near my prayer. Amen. Amen. So good. And uh, man, a lot of takeaways. Uh, really enjoyed listening to this one. And I think uh, one quick one was just for, for Kelly to be coaching his son and just those dynamics. I know, you know, in the tennis world, we've seen a lot of just unhealthy dynamics with, with dads pushing their kids too hard and the kids just hating them and um, seen a lot of crazy things. But um, for, for me, reflecting um, some of the things that my dad did really well, um, he was my coach, you know, longtime coach up in Illinois and, and coached me through juniors and um, just just appreciate that. He always just loved me. He, he never just judged the, the end result. It was all about, you know, sportsmanship, your effort, your preparation. Like he'd, he'd get on me for for a bad attitude um, or we're not giving my best. But it was never like, why didn't you win, son? And yeah. uh, so I think just for Kelly, I think he's he's doing a great job. Great advice there uh, with his son. And and then we keep coming back to the um, transformational versus transactional. I've never heard this, this phrasing, but I really like it. But um, am I a developer of my players? But uh, just just for Eugene, uh, what, are you, what are your thoughts on just being a user of players versus a developer of players? Yeah, I think you could really tell that Kelly is really passionate about um, developing his athletes to be great soccer players, but then to to after they, they graduate to, to be great men in their community and whatever they decide to do. Um, first of all, very smart of him to hire a Brazilian assistant coach right off the bat in soccer. Um, uh, that's my unbiased opinion, obviously. Um, but then, you know, I, I, as he was, lit, you know, ha- telling the story of his GA who did a great job and, be, you know, he was just a manager actually, then a GA, now he's a full-time assistant. You know, it reminded me of Brad Stevens and, Justin Brown, who wrote a book this year, talked talked about Brad Stevens' career and how he started small. But he went from GA to the head coach of the Celtics in eight years. That is unbelievable, you know. But if he hadn't been faithful in the little things as a GA, he never would have gone up in the in the coaching ladder. Um, and now he's the general manager of the Boston Celtics. That's just unbelievable. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And then, Chad, again, the, the extra question for our Christian coach community, um, I asked Coach Finley about how can we help athletes see their careers long term, not just make a decision on the on for today, but make decisions that will impact their, their future because it's so hard nowadays with Instagram society and, you know, Twitter, it's everything so short and very instantaneous. How can we prepare our kids for, for a lifelong um, careers, not, not just making decisions on, on the day to day? Um, but yeah, coach, we, we love these conversations. We're having such a blast. Um, Chad and I are so blessed that you guys are listening to it and sharing it on social media and liking it. If you guys can continue to retweet um, and then comment, um, review, subscribe, that this um, this has been such a great journey for us and and we can't we want to continue to do it. And coach, we always remember uh, to remind you of this uh, fact that the mission field is right where you're at.